what in your business is a must-have and what is a nice-to-have. And so it's super important also to tell our client that they have to use the system in order to really understand, okay, what is really something that I need to have to be able to work or something that is nice to have, but I could live without it for some time or maybe forever. The second thing that is important is to show that you or the team have the skills so that you can bring the skills on the project. Hello, Doers. Welcome back to another episode of Planet Urdu. I'm Tom, your host for today, working as digital advisor here at Urdu. Today's topic will be about implementation and methodology. Every project has its lot of challenges. And having the good tools, having the good approach, the good methodology is not only an option, it's a must. This is the reason why for every customer, you will have to have a tailor-made solution to their specific needs. To provide you with expert insight, I'm excited to be joined by two experienced Odoo colleagues, Eloise Limoges and Dorian Allaire, that will guide us through the implementation methodology. Ready? Let's jump in. Hello guys, how are you today? Hey Tom, nice hey, Tom. to see you. Very good, and you? Yeah, I'm also really, really, really good actually. Um, can I just ask you to introduce yourself a little bit? Eloise, if you want to start. Yes, uh, so my name is Eloise. Uh, I've been working at Odoo for a bit more than three years now. Uh, I'm also in the consultant team. I work as a digital advisor and I'm also a team leader in that team. Well, welcome then. Thank you. And you, Dorian? Hello, uh, I'm Dorian. I'm quite like uh, Eloise. Uh, I've been a digital advisor for two years here at Odoo. I'm also a coach. Well, welcome guys and uh, thank you for joining us here for to speak about implementation and methodology. Let's just have a little picture in our head to begin uh, and after this we'll well, speak about different topics. Here let's just say that we have to implement a manufacturing uh, sector or a manufacturing company in which uh, we have complex manufacturing production and they want to optimize their processes but also to facilitate the communication between different departments. This is the picture, okay? And so now we'll just dive into one topic and another, and I will just ask you random questions. Uh, I will actually more especially ask you to, well, give us example uh, that you have uh, got through during the whole implementation. Let's dive into it with the first theme that is goals. Let's establish the primary goal when you start here a project. Here, defining digitalization strategy is really the key to ensure a smooth execution within the predefined time and budget. So here, guys, according to your experience, what are the key elements and goals to keep in mind when starting a new implementation project? If you want to start, Eloise. Sure. Um, I would say that one, uh, according to my experience, of course, one of uh, the key aspects is really to be able to build a trust relationship with a client. I think once you have the trust of your client, you can have almost everything and you can achieve also everything. Of course, you can acquire this trust from in different ways and I think we'll talk about it afterwards, but I do think that trust is essential. Um, and why? Because also it's important that you are able to build a long-term relationship with your client. Uh, we are not just Odoo implementators, so we don't just implement Odoo and then, okay, 
where you're done, next client. That's not our goal. Our goal is really to become really partner with uh, with our clients in order to help them really through their digital transformation. And for example, uh, I don't know if one day, let's take back the uh, manufacturing company we're talking about. Imagine this company, for example, in five years would like to launch a new website or a new e-commerce strategy. We really have the objective that, okay, they will launch that. Well, they think about Odoo in the first place so that we really become their main partners in their digital transformation. So here, if I have to paraphrase you, uh, to Uh, in order to have a long-term success, uh, a long-term relationship actually with your customer, you want to build trust. How do you do it? How do you build actually trust with your customer? <laughs> That's a good question. And actually, it's true that it can be a challenge. But I would say that trust is mainly based on three different pillars. First, of course, you have to show that you care about your client. So that you care about your client, you care about his projects and that you are there uh, for them. I think that's the, the first thing that is important. Second thing that is important is to show that you or the team have the skills so that you can bring the skills on the project. Of course, you as Odoo implementer, you don't know everything about Odoo because Odoo is huge, but you have to show your client that you can find solutions for him uh, or her, um, that you can find solutions or that you can have people helping you find solutions. That is essential. And then I would say the last uh, the last pillar of trust uh, is really the integrity. So show that you are integer. Uh, it means that do what you say and say what you do. If you say that you will challenge your client, you need to challenge your client. Otherwise, your client might think, well, Eloise, she told me like one month ago that she would challenge me, but she never does it. So I can do pretty much what I want. So that's really, um, yeah, I would say that Uh, caring, showing integrity, and also showing that you have skills is really important to gain the trust of your clients. Okay, what do you think about uh, Dorian? Uh, I think it's really important to to show your expertise, um, and also that it brings to the project like the the, the authority, um, and that's something that also that can build trust. I think that in most of my projects, maybe I can have the idea that I have to say yes to everything. But at some point, I think uh, saying no or so can bring some authority. And you know what you're talking about as an expert. And at the end, it will be uh, better for the thirst. And actually, I will go into this direction. Uh, for me, saying a no is the beginning of a good discussion. Because uh, you will actually, by saying no, uh, force the customer to rethink the process, to rethink his, well, Uh, how he well built things, so yeah, it can definitely improve. And as you say, it's it gives you authority. Well, good authority. We're speaking here about <laughs> healthy authority. <laughs> healthy authority. Yeah, thank you. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So here we have uh, one of the key goals that is trust. Uh, do you, Dorian, have one other key elements that you have in mind while starting a new project? Um, I think that something that's really important at the beginning of project, especially, is to have a clear structure of the project. And I think in the methodology that we um, use at Udo is like having different steps into the project. So I think that currently what we're doing at, at, the, um, at the beginning of the project is first doing and starting the kickoff. The kickoff phase is like three parts. You have like presenting the methodology, so how we're going to work with uh, the, the client, the analysis part, and at the end, like the, the digital advisory. And 
after this phase, it's really important to like plan the project, um, to take into account like the must have, the nice ways, uh, to separate them into MVPs. Uh, maybe we're gonna talk about it, and of course until the end of the project, uh, which is normally uh, the support phase. So here you are speaking about the kickoff phase. Uh, uh, it's a meeting, if I uh, yes, one it, or several meeting. It depends. It's on more the, phase. Okay, yeah, it's more phases um, that you just well have three different areas. Uh, the first one presenting the methodology. After this, it's more the customer that speaks with uh, explaining his whole process. Do you dive into all of his uh, flaws? I think it depends of the time and the budget that you have to allow to the project. Um, let's say that you have like a strict budget. So you cannot like have like a big overview of the project and dive into every details of the business flow. I think you have to prioritize uh, what are the, the main goals of the, um, of the project and then to ask the question directly regarding those um, priorities. Um, but at the end, when you have the priorities, Uh, what we do is like the top down. We ask questions about the overview of the priorities, and then we go more into details. Okay. Do you want to react about something here? No, I th well, well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I reacted. So yes, um, I do think that one of our main concepts is to things keep things simple and to go as fast as possible. That's really what we aim to do in the quick start team, and that's why also we are called quick start is because we want to be our client to be able to start quickly. Um, and this is why, as Dorian said, that we need to plan things super well and that we need to structure the implementation because we don't have all the time that we want. We don't have all the resources that we want and maybe the customer doesn't have all the money that he wants to. So we have limited resources and we need to take the most out of those resources. So we need to make the most out of it. So here, actually, taking a little bit of the time to structure it will be worth it. Exactly. So uh, I, I always uh, um, say that to consultants and also in my own projects, I, I would rather take more time in the beginning of a project to really make sure that the project is well structured and that the phases are well defined. I prefer to take more time than, than ending up with a project that is not well structured. We are going in all directions and... We've seen with experience that it can it can lead to to churn, so it can lead to to failure sometimes. Well, actually, do you have examples of a project in which you have you took the time to make a big structured methodology before diving into it? I would say that I think in most of the cases we, we do this, but uh, I think that what is really important in this case is really to identify the risk of project. Is that that moment that you identify? what you should put the focus on. And I remember that I had a client who wanted to adapt the online appointment at Odoo. And uh, we knew that he wanted like essential features that were not implemented yet. And by asking questions and go deeper into the analysis, we went to the conclusion that we needed uh, developments. And so based on the analysis and by asking a lot of questions and understand what is the need behind, we plan the project accordingly. And uh, we prepare like a phase of development by taking into account this uh, future risk that could be also a risk of failure because, as you know, development can cost a lot and also um, delay the project. Perfect. So here to summarize, the goals that you have to keep in mind is the trust that will come with actually 
well, really caring about your project and being showing integrity, having a structure that is well well defined, and diving actually into the the flows by asking why, by really understanding what your customer wants. Well, let's continue with the other topic because, of course, it's linked with the twin pillars of the implementation, time and budget. We have already a little bit spoke about this. It's the fact that when you implement, you have to make, to have a deadline, of course, and to split it into several phases, to process step by step and to have a roadmap. Of course, to help with this, we have different principles like uh, simplicity or just standardization. And of course, we have always spoke about this, focusing on long-term view. Here, my question is kind of simple. Why are developing customer features, upselling or customer satisfaction not the priorities during an implementation? I don't know who wants to start with this. Go ahead, Dorian. You're the boss in that topic. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, uh, something that you need to keep in mind is satisfaction shouldn't be like the focus on. Um, You have to make sure that you focus on long-term objectives, such as the project success, which is the most important that you have to take into account. Why? Because if you focus too much on customer satisfaction, by, for example, saying yes, you could delay the project because you will add a lot of different features or maybe you will do all the development that the customer wants and at the end, just delay the project and maybe implement just a few things that are part of the global company. So it's really important also just to make sure that the relationship with the customer is good, but it should not be like the main objective. The main objective is always the product success. Do you have examples of uh, customers of uh, cases in which they really wanted to focus on yeah, customizations and that was actually a big risk of the project? Uh, yeah, we have a lot, of, a lot of examples. I think it's also a bit part of our job is to manage that the client and to manage the client expectations also. Um, I'm thinking about an example uh, that I had recently. So I have this, uh, this client who um, wanted to basically have beautiful reports. Um, so he wanted to customize uh, the reports, uh, which I did consider uh, not as a top priority in the beginning. Um, and so I started to discuss with the client and trying to understand, okay, why did he want those beautiful reports? Because, of course, we needed a development to do that. And we didn't have the time and the customer didn't really have the money. So I had to, ch- to challenge him. And in the end, I proposed him a deal. I said, okay, you know what? We are going to implement the, the main requirements first. And then you, you work a bit on the, the database. So you get used to the database. And if at the end you tell me, okay, I really want those reports. Okay, we can think about doing the development. And so the customer, he started working on the database and he even forgot to remind me about the, the reports because actually while working on the system, getting used to it, it actually turned from a priority to something that was, okay, maybe nice to have, but not a must have. And so it's super important also to to tell our client that they have to use the system in order to really understand, okay, what is really something that I need to have to be able to work or something that is nice to have, but I could live without it for some time or maybe forever. Yeah, actually, I do agree with you. What is one of the biggest challenges is when a customer come with, comes with a, a new need, 
uh, or a desire, the level of priority is never the good one. Because actually, because it's new, they do think it has a high level of priority. Here's a new example. It's because he talked about the report that he was like, yeah, yeah it's really important, etc. But it didn't change the flow. It didn't block the flow, actually. And this is something that we always have to deal with when we are speaking about, well, customizations, about all those things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I... Yeah, and it's true that it's a big part of our job to really make the difference between, okay, what is it really a must-have? So what feature could my customer not live without and what is a nice-to-have? That is really something that we need to do on a daily basis because, as I said before, we have limited resources, so we need to focus on things that have the most added value. And things that do have the most added value are the must-have. And so a big part of our job in the beginning of a project is to define, of course, in agreement with the customer, okay, what in your business is a must-have and what is a nice-to-have. That is super, super, super important. And actually, what is also important is not saying just no. It's actually, you have to say, your customer has to know that you have listened to him. So as you said, we'll just take this part and set it for later. So it will actually help building the trust because you are an active listener. You are just well, prioritize things that you want to do. Do you also want to add something about customizations? Not especially about customization, but maybe what I'm going to talk about will um, bring the bell to every customer that will listen to uh, this podcast is about like uh, historical invoices. I know that we have all of, of us uh, deal with this kind of issue is for them always the most important to do. It's like import all the historical invoices. And especially, uh, you have to take into account what would be the must save in this situation or would be the nice to have. For example, as you said, by asking why and is it blocking if you don't do it? So I did it for one of my customers and we had a discussion and it, it told me that at the end, he wanted like all the historical invoices for like the legal part of his business. But at the end, it was not really necessary. It was not blocking him. So what we did, is we just like stored all the historical invoices into an external storage and that's it. And maybe the only thing that we did at the end was just importing the current open invoices because it was needed. It was a must have for uh, the accounting. And we save a lot of time by doing this and by challenging the customer between the must have and the nice to have. By actually having a good conversation with the customer. Yes, exactly. And actually, it will help me jump into the next topic, which is communication. <laughs> well done, wow, well yeah, I know. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, well, here, effective communication is really, really important during the whole implementation. And one of the first parts is identifying the key stakeholders, what we here call a SPOC, a single point of contact. There are two different things that we have to understand when we are speaking about the SPOC. The first is single, in single point of contact. By shredding the number of canal communication, you will really help not waste time or information, and you will dive faster into every, well, different flows into the whole implementation. And the other part is that you have to have a SPOC that has a strong decision-making power, but also have a good overview of the whole company, but also can see the daily life of the company and can explain it. And of course, he, she needs to be available. Another 
common communications challenge will be, and we have already a little bit discussed about this, about, well, the difference between nice to have and need to have. It's always difficult for a customer to see the difference between both of them. This is the reason why I, well, often say that we are like doctors. When a customer speaks about all their needs, they speak about their symptoms. And we will actually find the cure to the illness. We'll find the best way to implement the project. This is really something that you have to keep in mind when you are speaking with a customer. They are giving symptoms and you are giving the solutions. If they are giving the solutions, well, they don't have all the tools that you have. So this is a trap that, yeah, a lot of people are falling into it. And so here's my question. How do you distinguish needs from desires? Hmm. That's a good question, how we distinguish it. First, uh, I think it starts with a good conversation with your client. Uh, what do I mean with a good conversation? Um, is, as you said, speaking to the right person. So, for example, imagine you have to find, um, I mean, you have to implement, for example, a commercial flow. Um, so you need to, to talk to the person that do those commercial operations on a daily basis in order to be able to really find, okay, how do those person work? What do they do on a daily basis? When they arrive to work, what is their task? What is the, the, the first priority? And I think by having that conversation, um, you will little by little find, okay, what is really their core, uh, I would say their core activity? Like what do they do on a daily basis and what is really super important for them? What could they, what could they not live without? That's really, I would say, the, the, the key is to communicate with the right user in order to determine the right priorities. That is really essential to find a must-have, I would say. Do you have, guys, a concrete example that you had in one of your kickoff, in one of your meetings, in which you had, like, a Spock and, I would say, a key user, someone that is using it on a daily basis? And did you see the difference? Can you have a concrete example of this, guys, in your head? I do have a Concrete example was, uh, I think, a few years ago for a project that I had in Spain. I had a Spock and I was asking so much questions, but the, the answers that I got were super weird and not really into the context and not super like clear to me. Like yeah. It was super blurry. And so I told him, okay, but w what is actually like, I mean, are you doing those tasks on a daily, daily basis? And the person answered me, no, I'm not really responsible for that. I arrived a few months ago, uh, I'm still learning. And then I, I told him, okay, but I think that if we want to reach something here, we need to include, I would say, the correct, the right uh, stakeholders or the right, uh, yeah, the right speakers. And we need to have the people that do work on the field. And so we organized several meetings with those person and it became way easier to determine, okay, what are really your pain points. That's also super important is what are your pain points today? And it's important to focus on those pain points and to solve those pain points because if we solve the pain points, then it will allow the users to really see the added value of using Odoo also. Yeah, and you're right. Actually. And it will not actually say that uh, the person with who you are speaking, this stakeholder key user is necessarily the spark. Actually, a Spock is just a person of contact that will help the implementation. I will come back here with a personal experience in which I had to make this whole analysis of a company that was actually making transports of raw materials uh, around the world. And for this, I had like 
six different departments. I had my Spock that knew globally how all of this work, but he was not able to explain every part of this. And actually, during the analysis phase with each department, my Spock was there. Why? Because he also wanted to learn everything about well, the department in order for, for Next to be able to implement it with me and so to be the best Spock ever for the whole company. So this is always important to distinguish a, uh, a stakeholder and a Spock. It can be, of course, it's better if they are both the same person, but it can be split in. I will ask you the same question, though. Or maybe you want to react to what we said? No, I think that's the same for all the projects. Uh, you have to distinguish the person you're in front of you and make sure that you're talking to the right person. Perfect, then. And I will ask you then, let's say that you have different needs. Here we are speaking about real needs, about different flow. How do you prioritize them? I think it will depend on basically also the deadlines and what they're currently doing. And maybe something that sometimes we forgot is about the common sense. At some point, you're an expert, and when you're talking with the customer, you have like the feeling that maybe you have to go to a specific direction, and sometimes not always the direction that uh, the customer wants. So it's also about challenges, but yeah, common sense should be a good tool to make sure that you have to prioritize like the flow you're going to implement, and also by the deadlines or the budget and the timeline. Yeah, and if I can add something here, I also think it depends on the context of the project, the company that you have in front of you. I will not implement the same flow for a startup than for a company that has been in, 20 year, in business for 20 years, for example. If we take the example of a startup, maybe a startup would need, I mean, in the first place, what they would need is cash. They would need money in order to survive. So they might be more eager, for example, to implement their commercial flow first. For a company that has been in business for 20 years, they might be more interested in uh, reshaping their brand image uh, because it's a bit getting a bit old and so on. And so here they might want to focus more on marketing, for example. So it really depends of the company that you have in front of you, of the size of the company, also the, the IT affinity of the Spock or the key user. You might have users that have never used an ERP, so you might need to start with simple flows. For example, I'm thinking about a CRM flow might be easier to use in the first place, in the first place sorry, than, um, than a manufacturing flow. So it really, really depends of the customer, the company, the context, and so on. Okay, like, okay. And actually, let's dive a little bit further into communication, into here the Spark, because we are speaking about the whole company when we are implementing. And so sometimes you have people management and change management. As you may know, coaching and supporting the Spark during the whole project is really important. The reason behind this is because he will, after this, be the ambassador of Odoo for the company. He will really teach well how to work to everyone in the company. But sometimes, and it's normal, we have people that are resistant because we have to go from an old software to a new software, from an old habits to new ones, actually. So how do you handle resistance to change management? How do you do it, actually, Dorian? I think the first step is just to understand why you're facing like those blocking points. Because... You can have, like, for the user, the fear of maybe lost their jobs because of the digitalization, or maybe they, they're free to work even more by learning new processes. So first is asking why to the end users. 
when you have the reason, I think you can maybe plan on-site meeting as an expert. You can go on site and try to handle the challenges they f that they're facing. Um, you can also maybe advise uh, to the SPOC to do like workshop. So you can maybe bring different use cases to the end users and make it playful. Uh, I think that's something I advise a lot um, in my project is to make everything playful. Because when you try to learn art things or new things, it's always better when you play it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And also never never take for granted the fact that maybe one user doesn't want to use the system for a reason and another user it might be for another reason so don't take uh don't think that there might be only one reason uh for uh, i would say uh, resistant to change uh it also of course depends of the the end user uh it depends of how the end user will use the system when will he use the system so As Dorian said, I think never hesitate if you have the possibility to go on site, to meet the users and to have a real conversation with them and telling them, okay, let's be honest, like what prevents you from using the system? Is it a lack of training? Is it because you see Odoo as a black box and you don't understand anything? Or is it because you don't see the added value of the system? These are different reasons and you don't have to, I mean, you cannot handle those reasons the same way. So yeah. And actually, change management can be really a, a real strength when you are an active listener. I will take you an example of, I had this complex manufacturing process, which was actually an eight-step manufacturing process. And when we did implement it, there was kind of big resistance in change management. When we dived into it, when we discussed with the end users, the reason of this was because actually three of the eight steps didn't actually need to be in Odoo because you were not tracking data and it was just a little quick step. And so by listening to the change, but to the key users, we just deleting two steps into Odoo because it was not necessary. So it really helped the project because uh, thanks to them. So yeah, for me, it can be a strength. Yeah, and if I can add something here, I think we, we often say here at Odoo, replace a system, don't replicate it. And it's super important that the key users or the users, they have to understand that Odoo will not replicate their old system or will not replicate exactly the way they were working before. And that's not the goal at all. The goal is to improve. The goal is to go faster, is to be more efficient. So we will replace the system, but we will not replicate it. And yes, the users, they might need to adapt sometimes, but if they really understand the added value behind and if they see where they will save time or save money or save energy, I really think they will be more keen on using the system. So they, yeah, that's super important. Replace, don't replicate. It's a tip that I give here. Well, actually, <laughs> let's continue with little tips because we are here, well, at most, almost at the end of the podcast, uh, we have one final uh, subject, which is monitoring. So when we have finished the implementation, you have to keep actually milestones, measurable milestones, to be sure of the success of the implementation. So here, what are for you milestones or how do you monitor actually projects that is implemented? I think uh, maybe I like to use this metaphor in my project. It's like a project are like trains uh, that are traveling from station to another until the final destination. And I think 
as every train that's traveling, you have to keep track of the pace and where we're going to. And here how to do what you're using to monitor those uh, things is like the project report. The project report is just to check if the project is on track based on the budget you define and the planning and deadlines you define as well. So that's the moment at the end of each phase where you monitor the project, you bring what could be improved and what was good for the project. Yeah, I think a, a successful project is a project where, of course, your client uses a system and also where you really were able to build that long-term relationship and you know that your customer will call you back in several months or years because he will need you to make his business grow. I would say that's a successful project for me. <laughs> I also believe in this. <laughs> well, thank you guys for your time. Do you have here a last tip, an off-topic tip that you are thinking about implementation and methodology? I already gave the replace, don't replicate. That's the first one. Um, <laughs> that's your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, and also I would say really that this partnership, build a partnership with your clients. That's really my tip here. Um, maybe for me, one of my tips could be like co-creation. Uh, sometimes we like uh, thinking about implementing, but it's also about co-creation. So you're collaborating with your customer and so you're brainstorming also on the processes. So make sure that also the solution can come from the client. Well, perfect, guys. Here in well a half hour, we speak about how to have good goals for a project, how to well, actually build trust with your customer, how to structureize everything in order to, to have a good project. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your expertise, guys. Uh, I hope that we will see you in other podcasts. I wish you a nice day and uh, see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode about implementation and methodology. If you would like to see other episodes, you can see it on Odoo-FM. It was a pleasure to be here with you and we hope that you will enjoy the other topics. See you.